Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. focus and so we are going to be looking at um, more of kind of what that means today Um, but first of all I just wanted to show you some images on the screen and see if you could tell me what you think they are please so this is a image that has been magnified so tell the person next to you what do you think it is Any guesses? A screw, which is not a screw, it's not a hair. Telephone wire is not even a telephone wire. Good guesses. The answer is a guitar string. How odd that when you zoom in and magnify it, it gets completely distorted and doesn't look anything like it. Okay, next one. Yeah. Have a talk to the person next to you. Tell them your guess. What do you think this is? Zoomed in, magnified. <laughs> Any guesses? A vegetable. No, a bed bug. Oh, a bed bug. It's not a bed bug. Tweezers. It's not tweezers. It's not a zip. You're never going to guess this one, to be honest. I just like it. Okay, next one. It's a hummingbird's tongue. How weird! Because it's got two... It has literally, in a hummingbird's tongue, it's got two pumps. So if you go back to it, so you can see it a little bit. Those are two pumps to pull the nectar out of a flower. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. A hummingbird's tongue. Who knew? Last one. What is this magnified? And I, well done. My mum uh, is a sister at the eye hospital, and so I grew up with books on the table of eyes that you never want to see magnified. <laughs> like disgusting things that I would always be like, oh, oh no, I haven't looked at that. Um, so I've seen some pretty horrible eyes, but I've also seen an eye very close up and been able to look through kind of the slit lamp and the stuff that she uses, and honestly, to look at our eyes, mm. magnified, like zoomed in, to see all that they are incredible. Marvelous. And everyone is completely different. Yeah. And they are just beautiful. Yeah. And so I want to start by just saying, A, you are beautifully made. Yeah. And B, what are you looking at? What are your eyes looking at? What in your life is actually being magnified? Where are your eyes focused? Because often in life, we want it to be that our eyes are on the things that we're thankful for and our eyes are on um, the good stuff around us. But often, actually, what happens is we end up with anxiety because our eyes are focused on the things that are fear in our lives. Our our eyes get completely distracted from, from other things because of something that actually is more what the enemy would love to distract us with. It's stuff that um, takes our eyes off God and onto something else. 
and it magnifies it and it's when that happens when all we can think about is that thing that it just becomes overwhelming and we have anxiety and it feels huge and so I found some statistics on anxiety because we're going to be I was going to say we're going to be talking about anxiety today, and technically it's like a talk on worry, like it was the thing, but I was like, do you know what, I'm not doing a talk on worry because I'm not giving it enough airspace for this to be that, and I'm certainly not speaking that out. This is a talk on the power of God, because that's what we stand in, is the power of God, not in worry. But there is a lot of worry and anxiety in our country. So a recent survey from um, anxietyuk.org showed that one in six adults had experienced some sort of neurotic health problem in the previous week. So this last week, one in six people have experienced, most commonly, anxiety and depression in the UK. Isn't that huge? One in six. More than one in ten people are likely to have a disabling anxiety disorder at some stage in their life. One in ten. And at present, 40% of disability worldwide is due to depression and anxiety, 40%. And the most recent psychiatric morbidity survey showed that three million people are suffering with an anxiety disorder and are suffering with some kind of anxiety in the UK. So that's more people than live in Greater Manchester, comparatively, in the UK. More people than live in the whole of Greater Manchester are suffering with anxiety. And that's what that studies from what doctors and things know. That's not even people that haven't then been mm. to the GP and actually dealt with it. Um, and then looking into this further, I saw that actually a lot of it starts from the minute that we wake up. And I thought it'd be interesting to know. So like, if this, there's a lot of anxiety going around, what are people anxious about? Because we know that anxiety isn't doesn't. It's not um, a root, it's an expression of coming from somewhere, isn't it? We don't just have anxiety about nothing, but actually there's always going to be a root of where the anxiety is coming from. And so it's kind of interesting to just see what people wake up thinking about. So this wasn't even what people worry about, it was just what people wake up thinking about in the UK. The first thing that the majority of people wake up thinking about is the weather. Random, um, but also like worrying about how the weather's going to be today and how that's going to affect their day. Uh, number two is a task at work. So to wake up with work on your mind, to wake up thinking about the tasks that you have. It said that a lot of people are really wake up with anxiety around stuff that's going on at work. Thirdly, um, health is a huge one that people wake up and just straight away are worried about their health. Fourthly, um, a household chore. I never wake up worrying about a household chore. It's not me. Lots wishes it was a bit, but sorry. Number five, uh, what's happening on social media? That can be a bit more me. Of kind of waking up, what's the first thing that we grab? The majority of people, the first thing we grab is our phone, is Instagram, is Facebook, and straight away you're therefore being influenced by what is being shown on social media before you're hearing the word of God, before we're hearing what he has to say. Uh, The last ones are the manic school run, the morning commute. Can I get away with not washing my hair today? It's actually a big one for me as well. And uh, an outfit choice of the day that people worry about when they wake up, what clothes they're going to wear. And number 10, family troubles. I was surprised that wasn't higher up the list, but um, yeah, family troubles. So if you think about it, a lot when we wake up, our mind is kind of straight away bogged with stuff. That that's just what people think about in the morning. It wasn't even saying that they worry, and yet you can see how much worry will come from all these things as people wake in the morning. 
And so a helpful tool uh, comes from Covey's Seven Habits, and you might have seen this before, um, and it's about the circle of concern. And so um, the idea is that there is this circle, and inside of the circle is everything that you are concerned about in life. And then outside of that circle is that things that are, kind of don't concern you, that you're okay with. And yet we all have a ball, we all have a circle of concern. And so I wonder for you, you've heard that list, and um, I want this to be that we don't just listen to me, but we also think this through for ourselves so that hopefully some change can come. Um, just think for a minute for yourself, when I wake up in the morning, or just generally in my life, if I was going to worry, what would be something that I would maybe put in the circle of concern in my life? What are some things that I, that I think about a lot, that I worry about a lot? What are some things that would be a concern in my life? Just have a think for yourself. If you want to tell the person next to you, you can. Would you have to? Because you might think, So some of the top things that go into people's circle of concern are global warming, the state of the economy, the clothes that your children wear, attitudes in society, the organisation that you work for, the things your colleagues do, the way people drive their cars. <laughs> that all through the day there's things that are concerning us, that are annoying us, that are getting into, crowding in that circle of concern. And it can just feel like throughout the day, if we start in worry, we just continue the day with this circle of concern getting bigger and bigger. And so this kind of idea from this book is that um, we actually then need to figure out that there is a circle of influence. So within that is actually the circle of influence. And so that is deciding that there's some things that actually I can't do anything about. And therefore, why waste my time on worrying about the things that I have no control over at all? It's as useless as shouting at the TV. He cannot hear you. He does not care. Stop shouting at the TV. But there are other things where actually they can come into, we can pull that and go, okay, I'm concerned about that. Let me pull it into my circle of influence because there's things that I can do about it. So that's things like where you'll live, what you'll choose to read, what you'll choose to learn as a skill, what you could do with some of the information that you're getting of writing to an MP or signing a petition or doing something greater than that, that actually you have influence. Um, where you buy from, where you choose to buy your clothes from to help wider issues in the world, um, recycling, and even just down to your attitude, that you have a choice about your attitude. And if you have been reading this um, book that we're on at the minute, is uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And I'd really encourage all of you to be listening to this and be looking at the podcast because they help you in a lot of this to just kind of settle your mind and think about like a silence and to think about how we help and, and retrain our minds to not just be in this ruthless like rat race of hurry and so I'd really encourage you to have a look at that and through one of the podcasts that I listened to um, I was encouraged because it was talking about that kind of slowing down and taking more time and your attitude is your choice and so changing that and um, sometimes for me I find that it's in a simplest way of when I'm driving instead of choosing to be driving um angry and cross and trying to get where I'm going and then getting there even more frazzled is actually to decide to drive. I do this thing where I go, how many people can I help along my way? 
So how many people can I actually let come out of their drive? And how many people can I let, you know, do that thing in front of me? And it just changes, it honestly changes your journey so much. And it takes a bit of thought. You have to leave a bit earlier to be able to do it. But honestly, it means that you get there thinking, I've just changed the world before I even got to work. I'm such a great human. And um, it just helps you to chill out. And you see, you know, people, when you stop and somebody's thinking that everyone's just going, honestly, and then do a big smile at someone and say, thank you for crossing the road. I know that sounds so simple. It really, it actually makes you feel so much better and it makes the world seem a better place before you've even got to work. So if I can encourage you for one practical thing this week, maybe smile at people more and if you drive, let them cross the road. Okay. I wasn't going to say that, but there we go. Little thing. Um, Cool. So that's kind of as the world would see it, what what it says that you can do and so therefore um, that's kind of where it ends yet for us as Christians um, as I look at this and as I read this and as I see that this is what's put out there I believe that actually we have another step on from this is that we don't just have our influence as being the fact that we can decide this and choose that but we are people who have the cross at the centre of our lives we're people who have Jesus who has the ultimate influence, that rather than situations around us crowding in on us, we can choose to be people that stand in the middle of that influence knowing I hold everything that I need. I hold all power and all authority. And therefore, prayer is powerful. And prayer can go all the way around that circle. That everything that is in our area of concern, we can bring to him in prayer and we can believe for change. In other nations that we might never step foot in, we can believe that our prayer matters, that our prayer has power. And we can stand and we can walk into situations knowing that actually I have more influence than just other people would have in this. I have more influence because I have Jesus on my side. So I want us to look at um, these verses. What then shall we say in response to these things? Have you got it? Yeah, if you've got your Bible, it's Romans 8. 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? <coughs> who will bring any charge against those who, whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? And as you read through this, I want you to think about how some of these things might come into your kind of bubble of concern, that your circle of concern, that maybe it is that actually, well, people might think bad of me, or people might condemn me, people might come against me, but it is God who justifies. Who then is the one that condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died, and more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. He's also interceding for us. He's in that box with us, that box of influence, and he covers it, that we don't stand alone. We stand with him who intercedes for us. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall trouble, that might be in your area of concern, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or the sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No. Say this bit with me. No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 
For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. That's our circle of influence. That's the power that we hold, is that we are people, we are more than conquerors. And I hope that when anxiety comes, that when we feel like we're being hit and bombarded by the world, that actually what we need to do is refocus our eyes on him and on that choice to believe that we are more than conquerors. And so how can we change our focus? Because we need to, otherwise we will be ruled by anxiety. In Matthew 6 it says, and you'll know these words, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you wear. I don't know if any of those things came into your circle of concern. This is, is life not more than food, the body and clothes? You think about all that list that people wake up thinking about, kind of ticks them all off. Mm-hmm. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Amen. Can any of you, by adding, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Even if you just meditate on that this week, mm-hmm. can by worrying, does it add anything to your life? Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It just robs. Yeah. And why do you worry about clothes? See the flowers of the field grow. Do they not labour or spin? Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, he will much more clothe you, you of little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first, seek first, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow has enough worries of its own each day has enough trouble what are you focusing on what are your eyes looking at what is being magnified in your life and how can we change the focus to focusing on jesus and his promises and what he is declaring over those situations in our life where does it say to seek Seek first his kingdom. And in Philippians it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. It is a choice. And I've really found that at the end of um, last year, I kind of battled again with anxiety. And there's times, I want to like, give you a picture that I've been told in that time. And it's sort of um, a cornfield. Maybe the band come up and will worship after this. But um, it's sort of a, of a cornfield. And if you imagine that um, there's a, like pathways in your mind, there's things that we kind of go over and over and um, there's thoughts that we have. And, and if you imagine that your thought is like you're in a cornfield and there's a path that has been trodden through the corn Hi. and you need to get from one end of the field to the other and out the gate. Okay? So you're in a cornfield and you want to reach the gate on the other side. And usually we therefore step into that field and we walk on that path that we've always walked. And that could be that we know that 
something's happening in our workplace. And so that, that path is, well, it never really goes right. Well, it's probably all going to end badly. Well, it's probably all, there's probably a loop. There's probably a tape. There's probably a trodden path through that cornfield. There's probably a way that you always go. There's probably a thought that always comes that means that that's where worry is coming in, that's where anxiety is coming in, is that actually, well, it always happens this way. Well, that's just life, isn't it? Of course, another bad thing has happened. Well, it didn't happen then, so why would it happen now? All these things that just come. And actually, it's easier to just think that way. It's easier to just decide, well, I don't, I don't, like, I've just, this is the path that I'm on. And yet the choice that we have is that we could just choose to go left and find another route. That actually we could decide, I'm not going to just get on this same path that's already trodden, that's doing, taking me in the same direction, that's doing the same thing. Actually, I'm going to go left. And the first time that you do it, it's hard, and it kind of feels a bit clunky, and you kind of think, is this even working? Because you've got corn, and you've got to hit it down, and there's other bits that come at you, and you yeah. might walk halfway and then think, I feel a bit lost. You might start to think, no, I've, I'm going to do this, and I'm believing that God's going to do it, and then other things come, and you think, what? But you keep walking in that direction of faith instead of fear. You choose that I'm not going to step into the path of fear that I've always trodden, that feels easy, that's actually just a simpler way, but I'm choosing that I'm going to start marking out a path of faith. And that the more that we choose to step on the path of faith, that becomes the more trodden ground. That the more that we choose, that I look at a situation and I'm choosing faith, I'm choosing prayer, I'm hearing you tell me that and I'm choosing faith. I'm choosing to give it to God. I'm choosing to give it into his hands and to know his promises. That the more we do that, the more we do that, the more we do that, the more that corn is getting trodden and that is the starting place of where our mind goes instead of where it's always been. And that's not just a lovely picture. That's actually something that can happen in our minds. And that's why the Bible says, be renewed by your mind. That picture of the cornfield was not written by a Christian, it was written by a psychologist about how we can create new pathways in our mind, new ways of thinking. Because the Bible knew before they did that we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And it's a choice. And when we feel tired and down and low, it feels like the harshest thing in the world to say that it's a choice. And I would much easier step on that path that I've always trodden and get into bed and pull the duvet over my head. But the days where I choose that I'm going to choose faith, I'm going to choose to care more about what God has given me, what God has set in me, and not just for me, but for the fact that there is a world that is lost. That's That's my goal in life, is to help all those that are perishing come to know him. And therefore, that's the focus that the father had. It says that there was a father who had an incredible house, who had a son, who had a, like a farm, who had everything that he needed, and yet he sat at a window every day looking out for his son that was lost. It says in the Bible that there was a shepherd who had 99 sheep. He had a lot of money. He would have been busy with a lot of sheep. That's enough for him but he would leave that to get the one. And that's part of the renewal of our minds, is that actually I'm not gonna be satisfied with this ending with me. I'm not gonna be satisfied with how I am feeling, but I'm gonna more put it on, and God, 
Help me to see as you see. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Let me get out of, of all that is trying to be that influence in me and go, no, I'm a person of influence and I'm going to influence this world for his kingdom and I'm going to see many saved and I'm going to see many healed and I'm going to see nations transformed because I stand in the power and authority that he has given me. And so if that's what you want to say, then I'm going to encourage you to stand. And we're just going to go into a time of worship because I think worship helps us so much to refocus our mind. And like I said earlier, it's not, it's an active worship. It's us choosing that as we sing these songs, we're declaring them over situations that we want to see changed. We're declaring it over our hearts and our minds. And as part of that during this worship time, I'd like to encourage you as well to come up and grab communion to come and, and take the bread and take the wine because as we do that it's saying that not just we will remember but we will know the great cost that it was that it was given in and so we will remember that and we will renew our minds to say I'm standing with you Jesus and I thank you for what you did and let me step again into partnership with you being a person of influence in this world for your kingdom and your gospel and let us never forget it so, Father God, I thank you that you're here. And, Lord, I just pray for where people feel like they have been walking that trampled path over and over again. Lord Jesus, I just speak to that. The places of fear, the places where people have been gripped by fear or depression or grief or just worry and anxiety that won't let them go, or just the same thought patterns of negativity that go round and round and round. Lord Jesus, I bind that now in Jesus' name. And I speak faith into you. But the best thing to do is not for me to just pray that, but it's for you to pray that for yourself. So Lord, I pray for myself. That Lord, where I have trodden, the same path over and over that where I quickly and easily step into fear that Lord I would choose to go left and to step into faith and when it is hard and when it feels clunky Lord I pray for courage I pray for determination and Lord I pray that that would become the path that is easily trodden Lord that that would be the path that we know we go on with you and I pray right now for a transformation of minds in this place, in Jesus' name. That you would do quicker what psychologists say can happen in our minds, but that you would now, by your Holy Spirit, create new pathways. And Lord, that as we drink from this cup and remember your blood that was shed, and as we eat this bread and remember your body that was broken for us, Lord, we say that we step into all that you have for us again. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org slash media.